welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! So today I get to talk with the world's best formulator, ingredientologist and biochemist, Sean Wells. He is an incredible person on the path to changing the world in so many ways. Now, Sean has formulated over 500 supplements, food beverages and cosmeceuticals and patented 10 novel ingredients. And he's now known as the ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients. Formerly a chief clinical dietitian with over a decade of clinical experience, he has counseled thousands of people on innovative health solutions such as keto, paleo, fasting and supplements. He has also personally overcome various health issues including Epstein-Barr, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, insomnia, obesity and a pituitary tumour. As a world-renowned thought leader on mitochondrial health, he has been paid to speak on five different continents, and his insights have been prominently featured in documentaries, nationally syndicated radio programs, and regularly on morning television. His expertise can help any health-conscious individual to better manage stress and experience higher performance and more energy, which we're going to talk about today, through utilizing his practical research-backed solutions. And I really encourage you to take notes on this one because it's a fascinating conversation and I can't wait to have another one with Sean in the future. Sean's book, The Energy Formula, is out on April the 1st and I really, really recommend you go and grab it. It's a transparent and vulnerable and inspiring call to action and it's a guide meant to bring you out of the black hole of fatigue and depression and weight challenges and into a more passionate, energised and vibrant life. So I really encourage you to go and grab it and enjoy our conversation. Sean Wells, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you for giving me your time. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I already have heard amazing things about you from dear friends, and I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) Like projections and and, uh, we're like twin flames dancing around with projections and like Projecting you're awesome. The other I'm awesome. You're intelligent. I'm intelligent. Let's do it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, I, to start with, I've got to give get a bit of context for our audience. For you, you have a, a very passionate story about health and your own as well, coming out of and overcoming your own health issues. So let's start there and give me a little bit of a, an idea of, of what brought you to this point. Yeah. Um, Really, I, I have a history of suicidal thoughts, depression, um, disordered eating, like with both morbid obesity, anorexia, and even orthorexia. Uh, there was a point where I had um, horrible autoimmune issue with uh, Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's. I couldn't get out of bed for six months in pain and inflamed. Wow. Um, my anorexia at one point got so bad, like I went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds. And then I was weighing myself every time I peed. And, 
you know, and hoping that I was going to be less weight and I hated my body, I hated myself. Uh, most of my life I've been driven for achievement. Even though I was doing all these biohacks and supplementation, it was all because of I was never enough. Like it was the competitive side of biohacking. It was the self-loathing. It was, it was drive. It was 80 hours a week of work. And it was me figuring out ways I could survive and push myself. Mm. And then despite all the illness and disease and sickness. And so I got really good at all the things at keto, at biohacking, at supplements, at, at, you know, fasting and paleo and, and all of these things, but they were all ways for me to survive what I was doing to myself. And then eventually I got a brain tumor and it just, it never, it never stopped. I've had two discs replaced in my neck. I've had surgeries on my hips and knees and different things. And it was all because I was never sleeping. I was always under stress. I was hating myself and, and just driving so hard. Like I needed more letters after my name. I needed, uh, you know, more attention and achievement and to be on this TV show or this documentary or being this mastermind to be at the next level. The next level was always, there's another level. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like I was there where I needed to be because I thought at some point there'd be enough achievement that I would love myself and that people would love me. But that never happened. And it was only until a year and a half ago when I was actually starting to write this book and that I found like myself like really taking a step back and reevaluating as I was writing it. And then COVID happened mm. and I was supposed to be traveling 300 days last year in China and Brazil and going all over the world to speak and do all the things. And again, working all these crazy scheduled hours. It wasn't until all that, that, and that, and that all that stopping that I really reevaluated even deeper. And then I took time out to do plant medicine, to work with therapists, to get mentors around me, to get in the right types of masterminds, to, uh, do deep self-care and work, like working on things like affirmations and gratitude and breath work and, and doing more relaxing types of training versus just heavy weightlifting and competitive volleyball, which I, I love. But, you know, I was doing things like yoga and walking more and, and like really reevaluating. And then that's when I found self-love. And it was really in my first plant medicine journey that that happened, that I walked into this space, like not knowing any of the 20 people there. And I ended up in a cuddle puddle on the floor where you, you're just like, <laughs> when you have fun. hugging and you know, you're hugging and kind of caressing other people. It's very not like for people that haven't been in a plant medicine space. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're in that space, it's very non-sexual. That's like not even like a thought in your head. It's very like childlike. Yeah, but you're 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 in a very loving space. The ego construct has been broken. The uh, the hyper vigilance is broken. Uh, the ultra sympathetic nervous system state is is taken down, so that you're in a much more relaxed, creative, loving space. And it was in that space that I realized that I could be loved and I could give love. And it was easy as being, not doing. It was no longer like. I always thought like sexy, happy, successful was an achievement. When I get to this weight, when I get this car, 
when I get this house, when I get this job, when I make this much money, then I'll be happy, successful, sexy, whatever. Yeah. But all those are states of being. I didn't realize that until that point that I could just be those things right now. And I could, if I felt that way about myself, going back to projection, if I treat myself that well, that's how people treat me in return. Yeah. yeah so I cool. set the bar for how people treat me. And then I was able to build that solid foundation on which the biohacks actually could optimize my body instead of me just trying to survive, be heads down and grind. Mm. Or grinding is like ultra sympathetic nervous system state. Like that's all I was in, sympathetic or ultra sympathetic. I had no parasympathetic relaxation, rest and digest. Like there was none of that. It was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm, I'm lucky I survived. Like with all the stuff I've been through and how hard I push myself. Yeah. If honestly, I think if COVID didn't happen, I think I, I could be dead. Mm. Like to be honest. So like it's, and I rewrote this book probably three times because of all the shifts that were happening, happening with me mentally. All the science was there, all the biohacks were there, yeah. but like this through line of my stories and my heart and like this growth mindset and your tribe and all this stuff that I put in yeah. uh, shifted quite a bit like as I wrote the book. And then I even recorded the book six months ago, which I don't know if you know how hard it is to record a book. <laughs> I can imagine. Exhausting. <laughs> It's like 30 hours of like really exhausting work. Whoa. But I ended up re-recording it about a month and a half ago because I kept making more and more changes. And it went from like, to me, like a B plus to like an A plus now. Like I'm <laughs> super excited about the book. It's exactly what I want in the world. And I'm proud of myself and I love myself now. And I love being here. Wow. That Sean is incredible. And I think you're speaking to so many people out there. Um, you know, to, to the extreme that it was for you, maybe not, but I think so many people have these feelings about themselves, the, the lack of worth. I'm, I'm dealing it every day with, with my clients in clinic and I dealt with it also myself. And for me too, it was plant medicine that actually helped me out um, so, so much back in uh, many years ago, actually. Uh, and, and children too. Having children, I think, also changed me personally. Mm. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. But what I, what I love is that you're here telling your story, you're here sharing your knowledge and passion with the world. And really, as hard as it is to say, that a lot of people who have to experience the worst then give the most and have, the, have so, so much to offer other people and teach other people and make this world the most amazing place to be in. So thank you for going through the hard yards and bringing out this amazing book and also just being who you are and surviving COVID. So, you know, COVID was a, probably a good thing for a lot of people, I think, um, from what I've also gone through and seen from other people. So thank you for sharing your story. That, that, it, it means a well, lot. Yeah. It means a lot for you to say that. And I, I probably have put $150,000 of my money and time and energy and diagrams and uh, getting the promotion and all the things around this. So I can just literally, I'm charging 99 cents for the ebook. Mm -hmm. And then my hardcover, it cost me 39.80 and I'm charging 39.99. Whoa. Is it like full, full color? The whole book is like literally full color front to back. Wow. Like every page is like color stuff and there's tons of diagrams and 
there's these formulators corners that have all the doses and brands and supplements. And then there's resource hacks that have all the devices and apps and techniques. Um, there's over a hundred scientific citations, 400 pages. And for the, the, the book, like, I mean, 99 cents for an ebook that's full mm -hmm. color and all that stuff for 400 pages. Then you also get a hidden chapter on natural movement, like ancestral movement. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a fasting for energy guide that's about 25 pages on how to do different types of fast, how it's different for women yeah. to execute on that, all the science in there. Exactly. So it's a pretty amazing uh, value. And I just want it in people's hands because I honestly believe that, you know, I could be dead right now. And, th and there's, there's points of my life where I was extremely depressed, where I was suicidal. And then there's points in my life when I was in deep health crisis. And so like I've been through it and I just want this in people's hands and I just want to make an impact. And I don't even want money to be the issue that, that is holding that back. I just want this to change lives as much as possible. Yeah. Well, your work's already making an impact, Sean. <laughs> oh, From what I've seen anyway and, and for what you've put out and for what just how you're living and I think it's what we give out the, our energy and, and how we actually um, want to make those changes we're already making that impact before we even know it so I think that's also a good reminder to remember that you're even with the book in hand I think the information is absolutely amazing but you being you you're making that impact already so um, <laughs> let's dive into some information then shall we um, you, you are a ingrediologist, you're a formulator, you're an amazing man, you were a, a clinician or, you know, I would say you're still advising a lot of people. Um, you have an amazing company, uh, you know, formulating and manufacturing, you're helping and advising so many people across the world. I, I don't know how you fit it all in. <laughs> so on a daily basis, what can you not live without? What, what, what is like your, your, your policy that you have to have in your life every day? Anything. It could be a hack. It could be meditation. It could be anything that you have in your life every day. Probably this. Yeah. Like this is, this is like, I enjoy. Oh, I'm just taking a second to actually feel no. that. Um, like yeah. really, like I have a lot of gratitude for living my purpose, living my why. Yeah. You know, I still do a lot, but, you know, and as you're pointing out, I, I work a lot of hours still, but it feels very different when you're living your purpose. Like when you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So true. You know, it's like I feel very passionate about helping others. I feel very passionate that when I do help others, I'm helping myself. Mm -hmm. As I walk through these conversations and, and I get deeper friendships with amazing people like you. I'm other people are listening to this. Hopefully it's having an impact on them. Yeah. And as I work through uh, educating, as I work through speaking about my, my, my issues that I've had, like I get more clarity, I get more resolve. I, I feel like I know myself better. I'm, I'm more passionate about who I am, more clear on my purpose. So like these conversations are probably the most important thing to me. And, and I get into that in the book that like your tribe is, is the final chapter. It really goes kind of in order of like, it starts with experiments, like it gets into like 
biohacking, bioindividuality, uh, you know, doing blood work, epigenetics, like the most hardcore stuff. Then it gets into nutrition, where I go into keto, paleo, um, you know, vegan, carnivore, all that stuff, Mediterranean. Then exercise with like high intensity interval training. And I even have like other hacks like blood flow restriction and intraset stretching and some really cool exercise techniques that get you faster results in much shorter time. Yeah. Then into routines where circadian rhythm and you know your sleep and wake cycle, what it's like to have a really dialed morning routine and how that can be done in very little time. Mm. Just five or ten minutes can change your day. And then proper sleep hygiene, a sleep fortress, what that means. And then getting into growth, like it starts to get maybe more uh, woo or loving, like you know, as it gets towards the back. But I think it all comes together like that. Like it's about having a stoic or resilient mindset, a reframer's mindset, an experimenter's mindset, which is so critical. Like most successful people, uh, like Tim Ferriss found, like all his, his tools of Titans people had two things in common, the, a dialed morning routine, which I just talked about, mm-hmm. and having that reframers, experimenters mindset. Yeah. yeah. And the last chapter is your tribe. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the most essential piece is like, is how you show up in the world, you having purpose, you knowing your why, you having that deep connection the Harvard study that's over 80 years old now found the number one factor in longevity. It's not like enemas and peptides and exosomes and all these things like hardcore stuff like Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield are talking about. It's literally connection. Yeah. If you go to these blue zones with super centenarians and that's what they found like with the Harvard study, by the way, that was like the number one determinant of longevity was quality of relationships and these blue zones with super centenarians it's the same thing. It's that they have community, that they have connection. Everyone's looking at like the, the red wine and the Mediterranean food and these things like that. And that stuff does have an impact, but they're having that while they're connecting with each other over several hours, not being distracted. And, and they're, they have a, a psychosomatic anchor where that food that they're eating is being eaten while they're relaxing and enjoying company. So food then becomes a trigger or an anchor for the body to relax. And in America, I don't know exactly how it is in Australia, but like we're, we're always in a state of busyness and we're you know, eating while we're in the car, we're you know, eating out of a vending machine from a convenience store, you know, the gas station, whatever, all these things that like, we're, even if it's healthy food, a lot of the time we might be anchoring or triggering sympathetic nervous system where we have an inflammatory or fight or flight response to food mm-hmm. and it, no matter how healthy it is. So that's a big factor is the, the setting in which they're having the food. Yeah, absolutely. And with the current state of phones and social media and comparisons, we are, I think, in a constant state of that sympathetic dominance or you know activation as I call it where people just can't relax they just can't switch off they're always a need a want a to-do list or something to be well, or comparing yeah I mean we're always using you know this thing this phone and we're distracted by it people say that they're way too busy 
and they don't have time to exercise. They don't have time to learn a new instrument. They don't have time to do this or that. But if I was to pick up your phone right now mm. and I was to look at how much time you spent on Amazon, on Netflix, on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, just doing things on your phone using apps, mm. I'm curious about what that would add up to be because that's quite a bit, I'm sure. And so you have the time. You're just spending a lot of time in a distracted dopamine dominant state where you're this is reward system of scrolling, of liking, of of you know, like you know, Netflix, for example, like people might spend more time looking at the trailers, trying to decide what to watch and like just keep adding things to their queue but not watching anything. That's like the state that we're staying in, just a constant state of distraction and accomplishing very little. Like Cal Newport talks about deep work and Tim Ferriss talks about this as well. Mm. That it's important to have like to have maybe two hours where you have really deep work, focused work where you're not distracted and knock out a big task because we're not good multitaskers. It's called task switching that we end up doing. We're focused on one, then focused on the other. And it takes two to five minutes to actually do a proper switch and refocus and recalibrate. Absolutely. So it's not, it's not a healthy practice to always stay in this distracted state and then you're not enjoying the life that's out there. You're not in a, a mindful present state. And that's what I'm talking about with these blue zones. Like they're literally, their phones are away. I've spent time in Sardinia three different times. I've been there, yeah, which is one of the blue zones. And they're not distracted. They are fully present. And when they take walks, they're fully present. It's not about being distracted. And, and that's really like, uh, it's almost a disease. Mm-hmm almost a disease right now it's a a rampant that's the pandemic is is our distraction and then we're buying into the fear and the isolation and the clickbait i mean there's the titles of of these articles or the things on social media or these uh the things that are on the news they're meant to trigger us they're meant to put us into boxes yeah anyone that tells you like you're in a box of republican or democrat conservative or liberal of Black Lives Matter, anti-Black Lives Matter, mask or no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, you know, all these things like they're trying racist, not racist, like you're supposed to be put in a box so that you're fearful, you're divided, you're angry. And that's the way that you buy into all this content is it triggers you and you keep clicking the content, you keep watching the news, you keep, you stay in this downward spiral that's, that's again, dopamine dominance and is not healthy. No, it's not at all. And so we're not being present. We're not connecting in the way that we should. We have 99.9% in common. We're all trying to be healthy, happy, mm-hmm. sexy, loving, enjoy life. That's what we're all trying to do. Absolutely. And we all have so much in common, yet like we're getting divided out over this minutia. And, and we're told like these things like make this person so different from us. It's, it's lies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that divide trying to keep us apart, but it's 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 really we should see through that, and and a lot of a lot of a lot of us don't. Yeah, or we get mm-hmm. caught, and I think that's that breaking that cycle is one of the hardest things. But once you've got there, and that outside view of what's going on, you know that that switching back, and oh wow, <laughs> and that's what plant medicine gives, right? It sort of takes mm-hmm. you out, and then you're there. You're looking almost at yourself or the world that you're in, and it just gives you this completely different perspective completely different yeah wow we've gone deep already and i love it (laughs) 
Um, let's let's zoom out a little bit because I want to get sure. into the nerdy stuff with you. Um, sure. You know, biochemistry, nutritional biochemistry, you are amazing at, and I, um, you know, I'm a lecturer, I'm doing my master's, all those sorts of things, but I still don't have the knowledge that you have or remembering of, of all that knowledge up in your head there. So let's run a few things through, through a few things. Um, that got you into formulating in specifically, you know, how, how did you get into that? Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a very unique way of, of, of creating ingredients. And so just sort of talk me through that and then we'll break out that and then go through those different bits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, it was uh, my soph sophomore year of college. Again, I was obese. I was kind of looked down upon. I never got the girl. I was always laughed at and bullied. And I finally started uh, working out and, you know, using protein and creatine and, and, you know, eating high protein meals and reading all the bodybuilding magazines. And, you know, some of it's true, some of it's not true, but I was into all this stuff and I was getting really passionate about it and seeing changes in my body, going up a set of dumbbells each time I was going to the gym and all of that felt really good. And people were even coming up to me and asking me, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, you know, I felt like finally, like I was a little bit of a guru here and that all felt so good to finally get attention and be somewhat proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to the doctor in between my sophomore and junior year of my undergrad at business school. And I was telling him all about this stuff and I thought he was going to laugh at me and tell me it's stupid because most doctors, you know, especially at that time, didn't really care for supplements. Yeah. And he ended up drawing out this lifeline for me between 20 and 80 and said, why not be happy between here and here? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. <laughs> to like go pursue something that I didn't even know I wanted to go pursue until this moment that he just gave me permission. Wow. It was crazy for me. Like it literally changed. Like, and at that time there were no influencers, there were no brands, there were no like people like I'm going to be this entrepreneur and, and self-brand and all that stuff. Like, I mean, you know, at that time, like I thought like, you know, someone gets wealthy by working for a company. Like I wanted to work at Anderson or Price Waterhouse or like some of these consulting companies. Yeah. And so when he told me this, like, I was like, wait, this thing I'm super passionate about, I could do that as a job. And I didn't even know if it was a thing. Like, I don't know, like at that point, I didn't know whether there are formulators that like get paid to do that. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so I finished up my business degree at Babson, ended up uh, taking about two years worth of prereqs of, of pure sciences to, to get into UNC Chapel Hill, which was my dream school. Uh, got my master's in uh, nutrition, biochemistry, exercise science, got my RD, registered dietitian, wow. and I worked clinically. But the whole time I was like online on message boards, like working for companies, writing like the marketing write-ups, answering questions uh, from people that were using the products. I was doing all this just for free. Like I was getting sent product. Like that's like, I was doing all this work, like on the, like when I was working as a dietitian full-time, like 40, 50 hours a week, I was doing about 20, 30 hours a week of just on message boards and all that stuff, oh. not getting paid. And I'd spend all my, vacation time and holidays like literally at conferences at 
uh, expos, like trying to help out at their booths. Like this is my dream. I was like full on going at it. And uh, eventually I did get on with a supplement company called Dimatize where I was a full time uh, formulator and head of R&D and quality control. And uh, I've formulated 500 products since, patented 10 ingredients, um, and I'm known as the world's greatest formulator. And, and it, it all came true. And it's really like thanks to that doctor. Like, honestly, if that guy never talked to me, I wouldn't be sitting here. Like, that was, that was a life changer. And That's there's definitely thing. power in your words when you talk to people. You can change someone's life path dramatically. And, and he changed mine. And it wasn't his job to do so. Like, he was just a doctor, quote unquote. Mm. But he felt like it was his his business to help me to um, give me advice to to give me permission to pursue my dream yeah. and so I'm so thankful for that that is in, that's incredible um, and words are so so powerful it's uh, and I get shown that very regularly you know one thing that I would say to someone or someone said to me and they don't even remember it themselves and then they take that one thing away you know, it's it's very important that we're very uh, conscious and um, yeah, very conscious with our own words. I, I totally agree with you. And that's incredible for a life-changing event like that for you. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So from that formulation, now, you know, I'll, I'm going to start off because I, ha- I do have a lot of practice that listening here and students who are coming up learning um, the, the trade, as I, <laughs> as I would say. When we're looking for things to help clients um, or patients, it's a very vast world out there of ingredients, of supplements. There is so, so much, so much. And to try and sift through that, I would say, is one of the hardest parts of being a clinician is to try and sift through to reduce toxicity but also create um, you know, good protocols for clients as well as have effective nutrients and well-absorbed nutrients or um, ingredients. So what's your... I'm going to swear, but what's your no bullshit policy when you're looking at <laughs> formulations? What would be sort of your, uh, you know, what would you say to others and clinicians what to look for? Because obviously we've all got our own ways, but you're the expert, <laughs> the world's greatest formulator. So please tell me your secrets. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, well, I will give you no bullshit then. Um, <laughs> I would say my first rule right out of the gate is no proprietary blends. Okay. I'm super against them. Uh, It's very deceptive. It's a practice. They'll say it's because of we have trade secrets and whatever. It's, it's a lie. Mm. 99.9% of the time it's a lie. It's a way to you do. There's a practice called fairy dusting where let's say like the, the proprietary blend is 700 milligrams of the muscle and strength blend. Yeah. And then the first ingredient of the 17 ingredients in there is creatine, which mm. is $4 a kilo. Great ingredient, super cheap. Mm. So, and let's say that could be 699 of the 700 milligrams in that blend. Then the other 16 ingredients that are listed after creatine in order of descending mass could be that one milligram. Mm. Things that are supposed to maybe be 500 milligrams, one gram at the efficacious dose. Yeah. This is just a garbage practice. It's, it's disreputable. Mm. 
So I like full transparency labeling where each ingredient is listed. And if it's a botanical, you list genus, species, active compound that it's standardized for. You list the plant part, like if it's ginseng, it's supposed to be the root mm -hmm. because another unscrupulous practice would be just to list ginseng. And in that case, they could be putting in the whole plant, yeah. which has very little efficacy. So there's a lot of games that are played. So you have to be cognizant of that. And if you need a source to look up to see if something's at the right standardization, at the right dose and the right frequency, you can go to examine.com. That's a really good website. A friend of mine uh, has that. It's kind of like the Wikipedia of ingredients. And it's just amazing for research that you can validate stuff against. Yeah. I think my, my next rule would be ridiculous claims. Um, so in research, you can have, let's say, uh, one group, um, let's say the experimental group has 0.3% change, mm -hmm. basically no change. But the placebo group has 0.1% change. And then they're going to say, it's 300% better. <laughs> it's like, well, that's very... Um, <laughs> You know, that's just like, that's just shady. Yeah, that's just shady. So like, you know, anytime, and, and by the way, that's just an ingredient. You don't know whether that's for the formula. You don't know how those ingredients affect each other. So unless there's research on the full formula and the finished product, then you don't really know all of what it does. Some yes. of those ingredients might be synergistic. Some might be counterproductive. Mm. You don't know. So you can make claims as long as you're clear to say, for this ingredient that's in the formula, it's been shown that blank, but it should be more realistic claims that aren't like shady, like that kind of 880% more blah, blah, blah. Like that's, yeah. that's just ridiculous and a red flag. Yeah. Um, the next thing I look for is that you one, you can know that you can call these companies and get their lot testing. That product that you have in your hand, you can tell them a lot, and then ask them what the lot testing was. Mm -hmm. You should be able to get that information from them. They should have proper quality control, have the testing results talk to you about what those, uh, those testing results are. If they're, if they're shady about it, if they're, if they're saying like, I don't know, uh, we'll get back to you in five days or whatever, that's a clear sign that they don't have a quality control team, they don't have documentation, and you shouldn't be supporting those companies because if you talk to a company like Thorne or Metagenics or Zymogen or Doctors Best or Now or some of these like really good companies, Life Extension, they're, they're all going to have those things. So I like supporting like these companies that have been around 10, 20 years that have a solid reputation, that work with clinicians, that have the full transparency, that fund research, that don't make ridiculous claims, but also, I think another piece is as a formulator, I look at mechanism of action and I want complementary synergistic mechanisms of action. I don't have five ingredients in there that all do the same thing just so someone can see, oh, it's got that ingredient. That's, I've heard of that one. Mm. No, there's a purpose for each ingredient and they complement each other and work on different mechanisms of action. Yeah. That's where like a true formulator can come in and, and really create a masterful formula, my work of art, if you will. Exactly, it's an art form, for sure. Yeah, and something to be proud of once you've done that. Yeah, amazing. 
All right. Well, thank you. That's good. Um, it's <laughs> I, I've in Australia we have the thorn, we have metagenics and biocuticals and all of that lovely stuff. Uh, so big companies, and then we have I being a naturopath here, I, I deal with a lot with uh, herbal medicine and um, a lot of compounding type ingredients. So I I compound in my in my dispensary. Um, because I find that a lot of the fillers, a lot of the other nasty things that come along with it, like maltodextrins that are in a lot of products that I just don't want for a lot of my really sensitive clients. So That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that I deal with on a daily basis, constantly reading. It's like one of the time, one of the most, not time wasters, but it's very important. But I find that that's really frustrating that I can't trust even a good reputable company in some cases that they'll put junk in there. And I'm like, that, that's not right. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, well, what's even more frustrating is that, <clears throat> you know, I talked about making sure you're getting what's in there, mm. you know, with the quality control testing, but another side of quality control is also making sure you're not getting the things you don't want in there. Yeah. Heavy metals, um, uh, adulterated substances. This happens all the time. Like a lot of these ingredients are spiked, like your top 20 herbs. Like a lot of them are very cheap because they're spiked with actives or they're different plants. And that mm. means it's an adulterated substance that's not listed on the label. Mm. And then you can have, um, you know, banned substances in there like stimulants or pro hormones or SARMs and some of these things that get uh, manufactured at some of these uh, facilities. So like that can be a problem too. And that's where you want the, the proper quality control. Another thing I would say is that honestly, like unless it's like a multivitamin mm. and kind of going back to clear mechanisms of action and full transparency, probably above like five ingredients, it starts getting like wonky to me. Like it's like, it starts getting shaky. Like if there's too many ingredients, that's a sign too. Yeah. It's just, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, trying to put too much in for not much action. Yeah. One other point on that, magnesium stearate. What's your opinion? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a little choked up there. <laughs> not, not, not over magnesium stearate, but, um, you know, I think that's kind of like the, um, <clears throat> the your side, my side, the, the truth is I don't think it's, it's kind of like very similar to like sucralose, like where that gets demonized. I don't like sucralose. I'm not saying it's good, but hmm. is it as bad as they're saying? And then they talk about gut microbiome, but I think there's research coming out with like stevia, monk fruit, allulose, like all these ingredients might have a negative impact on the gut microbiome too, even though they're natural. Hmm. And like that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like so a lot of the data that you receive is often like with bias. Mm. And so it's like kind of going back to that clickbait thing and the sensationalism, like there's kind of that sensationalism on, on both sides, like, um, but it's, it's meant to trigger you and inflame you and, and make you worry. And so I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's great. I think it's, it's somewhere in between. I would say that, um, you know, ideally you can avoid it, but I don't think I'm going to like freak out if it's in, it, it just depends probably too, like how much, it's like a dose dependent thing too. Like how many supplements are you taking? Like if you're taking 20 supplements, maybe that's a factor, you know, like if you're taking one pill a day, 
not really that big a deal. Like, so there's, there's a, there's a question there. Yeah. Yeah. I think dose dependent is good for a lot of different things as well. You know, obviously toxicology, you're looking at small amounts being not toxic to the body and then large amounts right. being highly toxic. So yeah, I, I, I totally. And, and there's actually some degree, even, even if like toxicity is really the case like that, uh, there's some degree to where something could be like a hormetic stress at a certain dose. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's, again, that goes back to dose dependency. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what is the coolest thing that you've ever formulated? Your, your proudest moment of formulation? <laughs> I should have I should have prepared you for these questions, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, no, I, I like minute, but I just wanted to get all these out of the way so I can then let my free mind go. <laughs> uh, there's a couple. There's three things that come to mind. Okay, so uh, one was my first product I ever formulated getting out to the market. Mm -hmm. And it cost $22 in raw materials. And I will tell you, like, most people don't know that side of, of the business. But like, when you sell the product for like, 35 through a company like bodybuilding.com, and it costs you 22, you're making like a dollar or two on it. Uh, but I made it like this super superior formulation. I didn't really have a sense of, as it was my first product, like I didn't have a sense of uh, profitability. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really cool product and worked really well and people loved it. But because it was my first product, um, that was something I was really proud of and, and it was super effective. And to see it on a website like bodybuilding.com, it was just exciting to me. It was like a proud you know, moment. Um, yeah. The next one was when I was working at Dymatize as their formulator, um, just walking into GNC and seeing like a hundred of my products on the shelf, like all these different proteins and pre-workouts and, you know, just like walking around the store and just seeing all these different products from this company and knowing that I flavored them, I formulated them, I worked on the quality control for them. So to like see it on the shelf, it's like, I almost wanted to like grab the person behind the counter and like, hey, you know who I am? I'm the guy that formulated all this stuff. This is me. <laughs> and then like, what was really cool is like, um, when I was with Dymatize and we were working a lot with bodybuilding.com and GNC and I won awards for certain products, mm. like because they sold really well or it was a really great flavor or whatever, like, like winning those awards in the industry, you have to understand, like for me, like this was like a dream position, like that I didn't even know was even a thing, like to be in a position to be a formulator, it was just, it was just a crazy dream come true. And then the last one that comes to mind is with my first patented ingredient, tea cream, uh, that's uh, an energy ingredient that's in like a thousand products now, like all these um, energy drinks and pre-workouts and fat burners. And we have like 20 studies between tea cream and dynamine. But like when that finally came out to market and I was seeing that in products and to have my own branded patented ingredient with studies was, mm -hmm. was really cool. So those yeah. are like three cool moments for me. That is Very so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I can get that though. Like th that would be something, you know, you know, when you're, you know, when you're really jealous of someone, not jealous, but you're like, oh my goodness, that would be so cool. You know, that's your dream, your passion. <laughs> For me, I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> well, we can make it happen with you. I can help you get a formula out there, get a product out there. Let's do it.
oh, you've just, you've made my day. So any of the listeners listening right now, <laughs> let, uh, let her know if you want to supplement uh, and work on it together. If you guys support it enough, we'll get it made. Oh, wow. All right, you've made my day. Now I'm speechless. <laughs> you stopped me there for a second. Hold on. Um, <laughs> well, uh, let me ask you a question. What would that formula be? You know what? It the would first probably... one right out of the gate. What would it be? What's your dream supplement? What's my dream supplement? My dream supplement would be something that really looks after base mitochondrial health. I'm really passionate yep. about it. That's my most passionate topic right there too. Yeah. And I was going to dive into mitochondria in a minute with you, but what yeah. if, obviously with, with home hope and, and Dr. Ted and Patrick also and, and where I work there, when I first found out about his whole, uh, you know, pillars and, and, and doing his courses and then now being a part of the organization, it was like I struck gold. I, I it just, a light went off in my head. I'm like, wow, this is what I've been trying to achieve my whole career so far. And now it's just laid out perfectly. So for me, um, base, like base health, I call it in clinic here for my clients, um, really getting that, those base cells working really good. And that is the mitochondria for me. So um, it would be something that would, would increase that or, or give that to people. And I don't know exactly those ingredients yet because I'm sure there's lots more. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about them right now. We can start. We can start constructing your supplement right now. We can talk about mitochondria. <laughs> now you've twisted it to where I didn't think it was going to go. <laughs> no, let's talk about. Let's talk about mitochondria. So yeah, let's talk about mitochondria. So okay. you you are very passionate about that. Your your top tips, your the key to health, optimizing mitochondria, where and, and then we'll move on to obviously your book, which is the energy formula, um, which <laughs> leads in perfectly to that. Uh, yeah. and then the different sections you've already spoken about. But let's let's dive into mitochondria. What's your experiences? Where do you look after that the most and with clients, even in the clinical setting, and you know, research behind that. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so I've uh, been firm on the statement that Mito is the next keto. Oh, yeah. But I think Mito is what everyone's going to be talking about. There's a, there's a state when you, have, um, when you don't have enough uh, energy. It's called uh, insufficient cellular energy states, ICE. And then in the brain, it's called brain energy gap. But it's the same idea where there's a shortfall of energy. And that leads to a series of dysfunctions in the body with uh, I mean, just think about like, if you don't have the energy to run the body properly, uh, the, the mitochondria, the cells that are running are running kind of like I was, they're pushing, 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 and they're getting overwhelmed. They're not having time to have uh, autophagy in the cell, mitophagy for the mitochondria. They can't recover. They don't have the, the rest and digest parasympathetic time for the cell because mm -hmm. we're pushing them so hard. So they're running into dysfunction. And then you get glycation, which is blood sugar damage. You get inflammation, you get oxidation, you get methylation errors. You get all these signs of pro-aging where you're aging faster than your chronological age biologically. Mm -hmm. And you have a greater propensity towards all disease when insulin's elevated, mm -hmm. you run into metabolic syndrome. And like all of these things are happening. And, and glycation, which is blood sugar damage, like leads to advanced glycation end products, ages, like literally aging you. So like this is, this is a state that like begets itself. So 
not having enough energy leads to overworked mitochondria that are dysfunctional and not having enough of them. And when you do hormetic stress, you can actually create more mitochondria, mitochondrial biogenesis, so that you have more of these powerhouses to make the energy currency for the body, uh, adenosine triphosphate, ATP, mm-hmm. and they're running more optimally. So it's just a downward spiral, if you will, of like when you don't have enough energy um, that you run into more dysfunction and dysfunction causes a lack of energy because like when insulin, when you're insulin resistant, you're not getting enough glucose into the cell to produce energy. And Mm -hmm. unless you're doing a ketogenic diet, then you're not getting ketones either and you're not metabolically flexible. And so it's just a downward spiral from all directions. Um, so that's something that you clearly want to avoid and you want to you know, improve your metabolic health, uh, lower your blood sugar, lower chronically elevated insulin. Um, and there's a number of ways to do that and certainly take care of your mitochondria. And I can discuss those ingredients and concepts as well if you want. Absolutely. There's a lot that comes into mitochondria and that's where I stay with my, uh, in the clinic here. Um, daily people are walking in with mitochondrial insufficiencies in in some way where you know it's just so many things are based on that and then to tell clients all right so this impacts it this impacts it toxins impact it nutrients impact but you need to get the nutrients in first so your gut needs to be good then you know environmental and then stress and then um you know and 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 you know sleep exercise it's just this whole circle of things that impact it and so they walk away going whoa <laughs> mm-hmm. so that that in itself shows how important the mitochondria really are you know, that that's our fuel that's our energy source that's our base of of, of living really it gives our, our body the, the energy to go so yes let's talk about all those different aspects <laughs> yeah so um Elevating NAD levels is pretty critical to mitochondrial health. Uh, There's a ratio of NAD to NADH in the citric acid cycle, Mm -hmm. um, the Krebs cycle, sometimes called, or tricarboxylic acid cycle. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, Where you're that crank where you're producing ATP. So you want to find ways to increase NAD levels. So that can be IV NAD, that's probably the best way. Uh, that could be intranasal NAD, which is probably the second best way. Uh, and then there's some oral supplements that you can do um, that like NMN mm-hmm. is probably my favorite over, uh, I really don't like niagen. I think the data is pretty weak, uh, the nicotinamide riboside. Yeah, David uh, Sinclair has done a lot for the NMN, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, David Sinclair and Rhonda Patrick are, and Peter Atia are, are all pretty supportive of NMN. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, I would look at some things that help on the electron transport chain uh, side of the equation, like uh, CoQ10. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, the reduced form, ubiquinol is the most bioactive form. Uh, PQQ, which was actually considered for uh, vitamin status at one point, uh, which is a great cofactor, a great synergist with CoQ10. Yeah, not many people um, know about the PQQ in Australia. It's, it's probably, I think, would, would, I would say it would be a little bit more known, well-known in the US, mm-hmm. UK. Yeah, it's expensive too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not cheap. So taking 10 to 20 milligrams a day is, is, can be pricey. Mm. But again, this is like, like you're saying, I think this is base, you know, like when you're taking care of the mitochondria. 
Um, and then from there, um, I would look at some things like um, reducing the other side of it, like getting inflammation under control, glycation and oxidation. Mm. So for me, those things would be um, several things. For glycation, I would look at a glucose disposal agent that's akin to metformin, but shown to be superior is berberine. Mm. Um, and then I've patented a form called dihydroberberine that's about five to 10 times more bioavailable and lasts about twice as long in the plasma. Um, it's actually what on that. I've not tried it yet, <laughs> but it's what berberine converts into in the gut is dihydroberberine. So it's just mm. the more active form. Mm. Um, and then on a, a inflammation front, I like two things. I like uh, curcumin, but I've patented a form uh, tetrahydrocurcumin that's again an active metabolite that solves some of the bioavailability issues. Yeah. And then I really like CBD. Like everyone's heard of CBD, cannabidiol, like a phytocannabinoid, um, but I don't think most people know about the endocannabinoid system and that it's actually a master controller system. Like we're not talking about it in the way it should be talked about. That it literally controls the body, like how you, the pain, the, the mood, the inflammation, like, and a lot of times people have uh, deficiencies. And so these phytocannabinoids can fill in some of these gaps in the endocannabinoid system. So this is gonna vary quite a bit uh, in terms of bioindividuality, mm. but it's something worth exploring if yeah. you do have mood issues, if you do have depression, if you do have inflammation, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then from there, the oxidation side of the equation, and then um, also increasing NAD uh, is one of my favorite things is a, is a group of compounds called the polyphenols. Mm -hmm. And so one of my favorite ones uh, that's been shown to be the most superior of all the polyphenols, they're all great. There's transverse veritrol, terastilabine, EGCG, um, quercetin, there's a, there's a bunch. Um, but fisetin, which, which occurs in strawberries, has been shown to be the most superior of all of them at increasing NAD levels. So as we age, uh, NAD drops pretty dramatically our creation of it. And so finding ways to increase natural NAD is helpful. And then of course, taking something like NMN with it would be great. Mm. And then on the other side of the equation, there's something called NADase, the enzyme that breaks down NAD. It's also called CD38. And there's a polyphenol that affects that. Both quercetin affects that, but even more potent is something called apigenin that's found in parsley. And so it's two things. As we age, we make less NAD, like pretty dramatically. Yeah. And then we also, which affects cellular energy. Mm. And then we also uh, more rapidly catabolize or break down that NAD faster. Yeah. So finding ways to increase production of NAD, like through fisetin. Yeah. Finding ways to reduce the breakdown, like through apigenin, yeah. that's going to be synergistic. And then finding ways to, to enhance the production even further of NAD through like NMN or IV NAD would be ideal. So those would be a series of compounds that I would look at to affect mitochondrial health. Um, and then from there, I, I like also looking at brown adipose tissue, which is brown because it's so mitochondrial dense. It's super thermogenic. You only have, I don't know what this is in grams off the top of my head, but you only have about six to seven ounces of about a, let's say a half pound, which is 
230-ish grams or something like that on your body, yeah. right? Of, of like this brown adipose tissue, mostly around your clavicle, your collarbone, mm. because that's your core. That's where thermogenesis is needed. Yeah. Up until about six, seven, eight months when we're a baby, we lack the ability to shiver to create heat. So we rely on brown adipose tissue. Mm. And so this is a highly metabolically active tissue. And it could be one of the, like the holy grails of like how some people can like eat whatever they want, but like not put on weight because they have, they're more thermogenic because they have more active brown adipose tissue. And it's been shown that cold plunges or cold showers and creates cold thermogenesis. So it actually upregulates that brown adipose tissue, but so does grains of paradise, which is an African spice. Um, so is this grains of paradise? <laughs> yeah. So combining those two would be really effective at upregulating not only the activity of brown adipose tissue, but even the number of cells. Mm. So that would be a great way to um, burn fat because it's been shown that just a 40 milligram dose burned over 100 calories a day in, in one dose. So we don't know if like 80 milligrams twice a day, what does that burn as a non-stimulant? That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Especially over time. Yeah. And then another one that I, I've really uh, been having fun researching is an ingredient called beba. Uh, it's beta, iso, beta amino isobutyric acid, and it's known as an exercise mimetic. So there's ingredients that have been out there that are pharma, pharmacological, like uh, ACAR, GW50156. But this is something that occurs naturally in the body. It's a signal that your body releases from L-valine uh, when, when you're breaking down the amino acids in the muscle pool mm -hmm. uh, that, that tells the body there's intense exercise happening. And when beba is elevated, all the things that are associated with intense exercise are correlated mm -hmm. to it. So like uh, improve VO2 max, improve bone mineral density, improve muscle mass and strength improve muscle innervation, improve uh, like fat mass uh, re reduction and, and fatty acid utilization and uh, glycogen storage and, and uh, glucose utilization. All these things like are improved as a result of this intense exercise signal. So taking uh, beba as a supplement is going to augment that signal. So yeah. you're therefore going to get more out of every rep, out of every step, in shorter time. So that's like a really cool ingredient that I think, uh, speaking of holy grails, that could be a holy grail for exercise. Wow. So that's redefining pre-workout. Like that, just throw out your pre-workout. Let's get that in. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That's, that's incredible. I was actually going to ask you about that because I'd seen you talk about it or heard you talk about it before. And that so would, do you have to use that alongside exercise or, you know, people would get stung at things. They'd be like, oh, exercise in a formula. This, this would be nice, but you have to, you have, it just augments. Yeah. So you'd have to do the exercise on top. Uh, in terms of like legal compliance, like you're <laughs> supposed to say, like the FDA says with good diet and exercise. So that's the way I frame it. Yes. But technically it's an exercise mimetic and technically you could take this and just have that signal and your body would think it's working out. So mm. I'll, just leave it, I'll just leave it like that. Yeah. You leave it there. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that could definitely be a big um, player in the epidemics that we've got going on. Ooh, okay. That's, that's amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> 
So this grains of paradise, though, just coming back to that, whereabouts yep. do you get that and how do you take that? Yeah, so um, one, all these things are mentioned in the book and, uh, and I even have the brand names and the doses and all that stuff. Perfect. I'll read the book, everyone. Yeah. 99 cents at energyformula.com. <laughs> Pretty good deal. Uh, but um, it's, it's under a, a trademark name of Calora Burn okay. um, GP. So grains of paradise. Um, and it's actually a spice that's used in food. Like it's been used in like Sam Adams beer and it's been used in, um, it's literally like a kind of a tasty gingery pepper. Mm. I actually use it on my food. It's, it's yeah. tasty. Like, so it's a, you, you can take the supplement and the supplements standardized for an active called six paradol, yeah. but it wouldn't hurt to actually use this in place of some pepper on your food as well. So yeah, look up grains of paradise. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great spice. Wow. You've got me, you've got me excited. So now you're going to be costing me a lot of money because I'm going to be going out and buying all of these things that you've mentioned and having to try them on myself. So I think that's a bit of a segue into your book and the first experiment. So that you have your six life-changing ingredients in your book. And one of them, well, the first one is experiment. So I'm a fellow experimenter. I have always been that way. And the people around me know that, including my students. They're like, what has she got? Always turning up with Ted's stuff, you know, blue mouth, this song hanging off here, something on my ankle. <laughs> But, you know, what, what's she turning up with today? So I think, I think it's fantastic. We grow, we, we learn, we, it's, it's exciting. We keep life fun and exciting by experimenting and we're bettering ourselves at the same time. So let, I'll let you talk a bit more about all that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, and again, that's, that's a successful mind. Going back to what I was talking about before, it's really covered in, in two chapters because what you're talking about, like I cover in growth with like the stoic mindset, the obstacles, the way that reframing mindset, which I just took a, a certification in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is reframing. Yeah. But to your point, it also can be thought of as being a creative, being an experimenter, being an explorer and granting yourself that grace to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that's life. So instead of like beating yourself up saying like, why did I do that? This sucks. I suck at this thing. Yeah. It's, it's none of that. Like explore, create, like experiment, try something, see if it works for you. It may or it may not. Yeah. Like think about, I mean, one thing like with studies is we tend to think like, well, if it's been shown to do this in studies, it will do that for me. And I will tell you in even studies I funded, which are by the way, 18 to 24 year old white affluent males that are athletic, mm. there's super or hyper responders and there's non-responders and there's people in between and there's a statistical average and there's people that drop out. Yep. And so even in this really small tight group yep. that don't get me wrong, this data is very powerful and directional and helpful with human yes. data. Yes. And, but it doesn't apply to 8 billion people necessarily. Like it's directional. You can try it, see if it works for you. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, you know, you, and you try one thing at a time and then you move on mm. and then you try the next thing and you don't try 10 things at once and you don't expect that everything's going to work for you perfectly. Yeah. Uh, that may not be the case. So that's, that's the key to being an experimenter. And it really sets the tone for the book because there's a lot of things in the book like in nutrition Keto may or may not be the thing for you. I actually really recommend like keto is like kind of 
uh, you know, a fifth step maybe of something you might try. Like first you need to get on whole food. Mm -hmm. And second, like, you know, also remove like some triggers, like allergenic triggers, inflammatory triggers, and then remove the sugar. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and remove that certainly like, um, you know, finding ways to, to exercise or move your body. And then finding some ways to at least intermittent fast, like take a break, at least not snack. Yeah. You know, like some of those things would be like foundational and then explore keto. Cause otherwise you might get into like what's called dirty or lazy keto. You might be overeating because you're still like, um, you know, abusing these ultra processed, uh, high bliss point foods that trigger so serotonin and dopamine in your brain that mm -hmm. override satiety signals. Yeah. So like if you don't break yourself of these ultra processed foods and the dessert uh, dopamine reward process and you're not moving your body and you're still getting these inflammatory triggers, et cetera, et cetera, like you're not going to be in a good place to understand or experiment with or know what elevated ketones feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. I didn't even know there was such thing as I was speaking to someone the other day, a, a dirty fasting as well. I was like, wow, everything's dirty these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually try and stay away from that because that's really yeah. judgmental. Like yeah. I, I, in my fasting guide, I cover that, that, um, you know, I, I just did a 90 hour fast, uh, not like just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I've done like 72 hour fasts with my community. Um, and those are super empowering. I think above autophagy, above elevated ketones and cognitive clarity and all that is just your willpower to say, I can do this. And if I can do this, I can do anything. Absolutely. That's the most powerful part of fasting. But I do try and get away from the, it's like they call them sometimes the keto police or the fasting police that say, this is right, this is wrong. We should be lifting each other up. We should be saying like, to me, if like, if some, like you see someone drinking a Coca-Cola and like you want to like chastise them, like maybe they went from six Coca-Colas a day to one, like great job. Yeah. Like I'm proud of you. Like, yeah. And same with like fasting. If someone has, uh, you know, bone broth or, you know, does MCT oil and BCAAs or whatever in their fast and it helps them go 12 hours longer Mm. that's awesome like cool like you know like I, I don't understand why like they don't have to do fasting like you do fasting and like this whole like what breaks a fast thing is kind of nonsense too I mean yeah. it's not like an on off switch it's not like it like puts you somehow all the way back to start and also autophagy is elevated during exercise like it it gets to be like nonsense of like honestly people like don't know what they're talking about a lot of the time yeah. And they get so militant and religious about this. And this should be the exact opposite. Like fasting should be about gaining clarity, putting your body in a parasympathetic state, relaxing, like healing your body, not, not abusing your body, hating your body, being upset with yourself, thinking you're doing it wrong. It's an exploration process, like going back to experimenting. You're yeah. seeing like, you know, do I want to do a dry fast or wet fast? Should I use like this uh, electrolyte uh, product or you know can I use some bone broth here and there do I want to do a fat fast where I have just some fats here and there like experiment with what works for you experiment with your body this is about your health your mindset your life your health span it's yeah. not about what someone else is telling you to do absolutely 
you it's amazing points so important uh, when I, I see communities like um, you know vegan communities carnival communities uh, yeah any type of not extreme but any type of following there's always within that those oh no 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 you know that you're doing it wrong this and that you know it, it's it's not on we need to be supporting and lifting up people it's there's no there's no point in in harming when I when I was um, a bit younger and I was going through an extreme experimental stage, I went through all sorts of different diets. I went through raw, I went through vegan, I went through 21 day fasters, fasts, I went through everything. And then I sort of settled a little bit more on the vegan. However, the community then was so, oh, you ate a bit of honey. Oh, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> Whoa that's not what it's about. I'm not in it for that. Now I just eat and I'm not in any box and I just eat whatever I feel is balanced for me and suits me. But there is still so much of that out there and I get clients in every day fighting with that. You know, I'm, I'm vegan, but I actually want to eat eggs, but I feel like I'm getting chastised by the community. That's not on, you know, it's not on. So that experimentation, that, that curiosity, that play, like we talked about before, I think is so important for people to understand that you shouldn't be judged by others. And if you are, then you're in the wrong group <laughs> or you're, you should be, speaking up and saying something so then they realize their actions but yeah i think and then that comes back to your tribe as well right at the end there yeah so nutrition this next point that you have in your book let's have a little bit of a exploration we've already talked about you you go through some of those diets is it something that you're looking at um each in exploration in terms of what they give and what they what they provide people so is this a lot of people find that they they get lost within the realm of all the research and with all the communities the articles the google searches all that sort of thing and it's very confusing this world um so just talk through, talk through a little bit more of that with with me as well yeah i've been doing keto for 20 years and it helped me get out of uh in pain and being inflamed and being in mm. bed for six months with all these autoimmune issues and yeah. i go through that in the book and like keto, I go through like what strict keto would be and how to go through proper adaptation yeah. and then getting into other forms of keto like that you can you can uh, kind of uh, move to over time after you've adapted like cyclical and targeted ketogenic dieting. Mm -hmm. um, and then paleo, which is essentially whole food. But, you know, I talk about autoimmune protocol paleo where you really remove all potential allergens or triggers and then you slowly integrate them back in. Um, and I have all the science covering this, how to execute on all these. Um, there's Mediterranean diet, there is vegan, and then there's carnivore, which I even discussed too. And, and that can be, you know, depending on where you fall with that on an ethical sense, um, it can be something that can be powerful in terms of healing the gut or in uh, healing inflammation. Yeah. So that can be something that at least for a month or two could be a really good solution for someone. I think it's very hard to execute on for like a lifetime, Yeah. but can be uh, something that can be helpful uh, over a period of time. Yeah. I find a lot of, um, you know, the, the kind of a lot of these diets are really therapeutic diets. We're using them for a purpose. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say, and I, I would hate myself while I was back in the vegan days, but the vegans I come, see come through who are predominantly vegan, mitochondrially, they're not looking good. It's, the, it's, it's really not looking good. Um, and it's hard to tell people that. You, you really need a, a bit more of a balanced diet unless you're doing it really right, and it's hard to do right. So it's hard. I, just, 
yeah, it's really hard to do right. So I just wanted to put like a bit of a waiver in there where, you know, I do eat me now, I eat fish, I eat a whole balance range and I've never felt better. Um, and it was, it took me a while to get to that. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I discussed in the book too, that like, um, you know, I think the most important factor like of, you know, people argue or vegan carnivore or anything in between, you can be healthy on anything that's well executed. The exactly. most important through line or factor is that it's whole food. Like you could be eating, uh, um, you know, Coca-Cola and gummy bears on vegan, and you could be eating spam and hot dogs on carnivore, and neither one's going to be healthy. Like it's really about like, if you're on carnivore, it's nose to tail, it's eating organ meat, it's grass fed and grass finished. It's, you know, whatever. And then on vegan, like it's a well planned out diet that has enough high bioavailability protein, has the B12, the choline, et cetera, you know, D3 potentially like has all that stuff and it's well thought out. Absolutely. It's the quality for sure. For sure. All right. I think we've talked a little bit about exercise. Um, I want to jump into routine with you. Because that mm -hmm. I find fascinating in itself, and people in their own individual routines how it makes them work. So let's just talk a little bit more about routine and even your routine, <laughs> if you want to talk about double. Yeah. So <laughs> like right out of the gate, like let me tell you how again, like going back to how successful people own their day. Mm. It's very easy to see how the day can get away from you in a routine. So um, if your morning routine is this, man, man, uh, roll out of bed. I didn't get much sleep. I stayed up watching Game of Thrones or a ball game. I got about five and a half hours of sleep. My neurons are actually firing slower than they should. They don't have the energy they need. So I'm looking for quick energy, be it caffeine, be it sugar. So I'm thinking Red Bull, coffee, uh, honey bun, donut, and I'm just exhausted. I get in the car, I have traffic, and someone just cut me off, I'm stressed out because I don't have the, the presence of minor energy. And then I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm not going to make great decisions because of my exhaustion. I'm not going to do things that are good for me. I'm gonna fall back on those bad decisions because that's just where my brain's at right now. I'm going into the trap of email. I'm looking at all the emails going down that rabbit hole, getting even more stressed. I still need energy. I'm just thinking about lunch. I got to hang on to lunch so I can get pizza and Coca-Cola. Then I come back to work. I'm still exhausted. Uh, it's three o'clock. So now I want to get something from the vending machine. I want to get Coca-Cola and a Snickers bar. And then I, I get my car. I go back into traffic. I'm exhausted. I get home. I lay down on the couch. I can't believe this day is such a hard day. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to watch TV. Oh, Game of Thrones is on. That's my day. Did you just but if you just, if you just give me five to 10 minutes in the morning where light slowly comes on, gets brighter, you can buy lamps that do this. Yeah. The chimes slowly get louder and closer together. You don't wake up abruptly. You wake up calmly. Mm -hmm. Now you do some box breathing where it's eight seconds in, eight seconds hold, eight seconds out, eight seconds hold. Mm -hmm. You do this like four times and do some gratitude. I'm so thankful that I'm gonna be on the Revital Health Show. I'm so thankful that I have a book coming out. I'm so thankful that I have my 15-year-old dog laying beside me. I'm so thankful that I have food, that I have heat, that I have electricity, that I have a job, that I have a car. I'm so thankful for all of these amazing things that I'm blessed with. Then go into affirmations. 
today is going to be an amazing day. I love me. I am sexy. I am successful. I am happy. I am incredible. I'm going to do amazing things today. I'm going to impact people's lives. I'm going to meet new people. And it's going to be one of my best days ever. Then I get out of bed and I do some light stretching for a couple minutes. Then I have a full glass of water and that's five to 10 minutes. And then when I get to work, instead of going down that rabbit hole of email, I'm doing that two hours of deep work. Now it's 10 a.m. I've hydrated, I've stretched, I've had affirmations, I've had gratitude, I've accomplished something huge, and now I'm about to eat something because I do a, a 16 and eight intermittent fast, and my eight hours are going to be during the daylight hours according to Dr. Sachin Panda's data. So I'm gonna have 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. is my window, and now I'm having something to eat, and I've also accomplished this amazing fast. I'm feeling uh, clear cognitively. I feel energized because I did get my sleep, because I do have proper sleep hygiene. I do go to bed at the same time every night so that my body gets the rest and recovery that it needs. I do have a proper HRV, so I have a bigger allostatic load, more of that stress bucket that I can be more resilient. And I'm not doing that thing on the weekend that's called social jet lag, where I'm staying up two, three, four hours later. That's very similar to me traveling to a different country and then coming back. Yeah. And I'm also uh, uh, setting up a sleep fortress where that bedroom is about two things, mainly about sleep, but you know, there's another thing that happens there too. And that's cool. But like, it's not about like if you have a significant other, don't have arguments in the bedroom. Get up, leave your bedroom, have the argument, come back. Mm. Again, it's about anchors. What does that bedroom mean to you? You need to walk into that bedroom and it should be a place of solitude, a place of sleep, a place of relaxation. And so you need plants in that bedroom for uh, you know, oxygen carbon dioxide exchange. You need a cool temperature so you can fall asleep in the right way and recover in the right way. You need uh, LEDs blacked out, like on all your devices. You definitely don't need a TV in there or an iPad or a laptop or even your phone. Keep all that stuff out and keep the EMFs out. Keep the bedroom a place for sleep and relaxation and potentially sex. But that's it. So that's important. And just think about what I talked about. Doesn't involve money. Is very simple. Is... 10 minutes in your morning and maybe five to 10 minutes prepping in the right way at night. Mm -hmm. And you have time for that because that's radically going to change your day and how it feels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible. How uh, painting that picture for people as well. And, and there is really no excuses. It's just making those micro habits stick every day and just, just putting those in place and then they'll just become who you are. So, and you'll be better health, you'll be better energy, you'll be better showing up for people, mood, everything comes along with all of that. So yeah, that's absolutely amazing, Sean. I love how you put that. So incredible. I don't know. <laughs> From that, I want to sort of start to wrap up a little bit for you, so I'm not keeping you for too long. Um, and I think that's an amazing way to sort of finish the big chunk of what we were talking about. But 
lastly, I know you're, you're researching, you're talking about Baobab before, but what, what is your most excited thing or latest discovery, new ingredient that you're either working on or just, you know, super pumped for, you know, that passion is obviously the book is absolutely amazing. You've got that coming out. Is there anything else that you're, for me, I, I, I like putting in context. I like looking at certain things. Like I get really excited about something uh, like methylene blue or, you know, the blue canotene that Dr. Ted's got coming out or a new um, herb that's come out that I'm really excited about researching. So at the moment, what's sort of in your life in, in, in that regard? Yeah, so I'm continuing to patent new ingredients uh, and I've got more things coming out. There's a muscle building peptide that's coming out that's more effective than leucine, which is the known trigger for muscle protein synthesis. Uh, I have uh, so many, there's some that I just can't <laughs> talk about. But I know, I knew that would be great. I'm like, come on. To say I'm excited about that, there's two ingredients coming out this year that will be game changers. Like, even more than chicrine and dynamine like these are going to be really high impact so wow um, i'm in like exclusivity talks with some companies and um this just yeah that's got me really excited because again you know they're, they're my babies and then too like they're they're really effective we have studies mm -hmm. on all of them we're getting patents on all of them so wow it's just it's exciting it's super exciting like to apply my creative brilliance and and live in my purpose and my why and then change lives doing it like that's yeah. that's amazing it doesn't get any better than that exactly thank, thank you so much for sharing what you've shared today i am so grateful it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to connect and um thank you so much i think i would love to have you back on the show and we could geek out even more because we didn't Let's get to geek out too much today, but I really wanted to get contacts for everyone, talk about your book and to really learn about you and what, you know, drives your motivating forces. So next time I think will be a complete geek out session. Let's do it. I mean, if, and if some people that are listening, like have questions and we can answer those next time. I would Amazing. love that. Amazing. Thank you again, and I really look forward to catching up in the near future, hopefully in person, once nice. everything calms down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> See you, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.